1: Hello friends, it's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow joining you on Monday night after what has to be one of the most epic playoff games I have watched in my entire life. Maybe that's hyperbole, maybe it's not. (laughs) But the Dallas Mavericks just beat the Utah Jazz at home without Luka Doncic, 110 to 104. Josh, how are you?
2: Definitely one of the wildest Mavericks playoff games we've ever seen. And I've been trying to think about what we want to talk about like i mean i know what we want to talk about but it's just like that game has left me kind of dumbfounded like just a ridiculous game and like the flow of it was just so crazy at times i mean it was just a back and forth like that was nba playoff basketball in a nutshell Like, it was just high intensity neither team really established themselves as as getting a big lead or dominating the game And these teams just went blow for blow. And then the Mavericks just like strapped on some rocket shoes in the fourth quarter. and just shot out of the arena. I mean, it was uh, the avalanche of three-pointers in the fourth quarter was something I just haven't seen in a long time uh, from this Mavericks team, particularly in a playoff game. I mean, what have we been talking about for two years that this team kind of lives and dies on... Guys making their shot- role players making their shots, and uh man, at least one certainly did, and almost all of them did in the fourth quarter. I mean, I don't know it's just wild, a wild game it couldn't be happier for for the fans and and everyone you know part of the organization and stuff like I'm happy that
1: for <laughs> I'm happy for us I'm happy like and because you know what we are fans, we analyze the game, but you and I are Mav's fans too, and this feels really good and here's a fun thing did you i don't know if i sent this to the chat earlier today is the six-year anniversary of the raymond felton game where they beat the uh oklahoma city thunder in the playoffs 85 to 84 and it's not a similar game but the box (laughs) that box score is filled with weird shit just like this game and i can't i think this I don't know if that was the last home playoff win for the Mavericks. Like there were some weird things. Like it's been a long time since the Mavericks won a playoff game at home. And, you know, this is, this is just, this is why we watch sports. This is why we keep coming back time and time and time again, when these guys, you know, upset us, when they, you know, when they do something crazy, when, you know, they, you just tune in because you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, I, I think I, there's two main places where we have to start and that's yeah. Mac, that's Maxi Kleba and Jalen Brunson. And I, I, who do you want to, who do you want to go with first?
2: I mean, they're kind of in tandem. I mean, just what they did. I mean, I guess we start with Brunson because the career high 40 points, 41 points outplaying Donovan Mitchell thoroughly, um, thoroughly <laughs> Donovan is in a bad
1: place. We'll circle back.
2: Yeah. Especially, uh, in the fourth quarter, um, it's, it was just crazy the way, I mean, the Mavericks had nothing for what two and a half quarters. Cause Mexi but did not do, you know, he had a great game, but I mean, his, his was kind of an avalanche in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. I mean, for, for the first, like 30 minutes of this game, I mean, the Mavericks, it was had Jalen Brunson. No, yeah, they had, they had nothing. I mean, it was it was both it was remarkable to see him put up the points and the shots that he was putting up and doing what he was doing and at the same time just like guffawed at like looking at the box score and seeing him with like 25 and no one else having you know more than more than eight or nine and it was just I just kept watching it and I was like someone has to hit a shot right like it was it was crazy that he was able to do that when the rest of the team just started the game so flat and there's no other way to say it i mean they did have a nice little boost to start the game but then you know when they got the second quarter it just was a slog and, and and if it wasn't for brunson i mean i think there were probably jazz fans and jazz people that were watching that first half and thought the jazz should have been up by 15 20 points uh and the reason why they weren't was just brunson and just single-handedly putting on a luca-like show i mean it was it was crazy i mean he was hitting three he hit six three-pointers i think did he hit all six in the first half? I feel like he did. No, he hit
1: some in the because he hit some in the big run, um, leading into the third quarter. Okay. Because, you know, obviously, if you're if you're listening to this, you either are you either watch the game or you're someone who's crazy and couldn't find a television. Like the Mavericks simply could not get over the hump against the Jazz. <laughs> yeah. They would come close, take to take a lead, lose the lead almost immediately. Brunson was basically the one man army for for a significant portion of this game because his backcourt mate in Spencer Dinwiddie is just having a brutal series. He's he, Spencer's just 11 of 33 for the series from the floor. Um really odd series of play from Spencer but that's that we can talk about that much later maybe not even at all whereas Brunson this was you know something I heard I, I was listening to a preview podcast and I can't maybe it was Mo Keel who said this who thought that this could be a very good series for Brunson because he gets to his spots right. and and it's spots that the Jazz are willing to give up and tonight was just a textbook example of the
2: Jazz playing drop coverage and it roasting them yeah been, this is why we were so mad about game one uh, because this is kind you know, I know the Mavericks don't have Luca, but it was like, man, the jazz play drop Gobert is a monster at the rim, but Brunson is one of the best in between scorers in the league this year. And I believe he's like, he leads the league in points scored from that spot on the floor. That's like right outside the paint, you know, that like on the side of the paint from the left side of the, of the floor. That's like not technically a paint point, but it's also like you wouldn't say it's like a mid-range jumper, like that little, mm-hmm. that little short area of the floor. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, like right outside, right outside the block. Um, and how many of those shots did he miss in, in game one? And that's why we were so frustrated because we knew he was better than that. Um, and it wasn't necessarily, you know, the jazz did some things like switching a little bit more than I think they normally do to throw off his game. But I felt like that game was just more on Brunson than it was on what yes. the jazz were doing. Yes, uh, because yeah.
1: we have been begging all year for Jalen Brunson to take these damn three point shots and <laughs> he he pump fakes and drives between defenders, does a little shimmy shoulder shake. And more often than not, he scores a basketball. So it's bitching about something that didn't really need to be bitched about, but the man is an unbelievable catch and shoot three point guy on pretty good volume. And tonight he was just pulling the trigger on these shots. You know, Tim McMahon just tweeted this out. The Utah jazz or the Mavericks hit 17 uncontested threes against the jazz. (laughs) That's the most by any team in the last 10 post seasons. That's how you beat the jazz. That is how you beat the jazz and you have to take the shot. And frankly, they could have hit more, all right. Like the <laughs> yeah. Mavericks, the Mavericks yeah. hit 22 of 47 from three, and they left some meat on the
2: table. <laughs> some meat.
1: I mean, Dorian finally started connecting. Dorian was one of eight from three up until the fourth quarter, yep. And then he finished, and it's like, you know, it, it was just why, man. And the way Brunson kept attacking was really something because he was doing a lot of different things. Whereas last game, he was kind of hunting for fouls at certain points. And this game, he just attacked, attacked, attacked. And then by the time the attacks, like he was drawing so much attention, scoring so many points, they had to send a second guy at him when he drived the lane. And that is when he started finding shooters.
2: Yeah. And the thing about Brunson, and I want to just quickly circle back to taking threes. Um, The last time he made more than three three three-pointers in a game, was March 1st uh so I mean he just he just does not take a lot of threes and uh it's been something all season he's been one of the, you know in terms of like high minute high, you know high usage guards in the league he's got one of the lowest three-point rates like he's close to chris paul three-point mm-hmm. rates which is just crazy not necessarily because like you know it's not crazy it's crazy because he's such a good shooter and he was such a good shooter coming out of college and also he played differently in co- i mean he he let it rip in college. I mean, he, he attempted for his career, he attempted almost eight three pointers a game in college. He had a three point rate, almost 40. And in the NBA, his three point rate was like 10 percentage points lower. And it was just so bizarre to see such a great shooter, just kind of completely disregard that part of his game in, in, in a weird way. So he has it in him. Like this isn't like a fluke. I don't think like he is a great three point shooter in my opinion. Like, and this is something he could be doing more often. So, you know, I'm just glad, I'm glad to see him do it. And he had to do it because if you're, like you said, if you're playing drop coverage, someone has to step into those threes and make them. And if you don't, you're just going to let that team continue to sit in it. Like the the Mavericks, I think did a really good job at making the jazz a little uncomfortable. Uh, and it happens when you, you make your open shots. If we want to, Start going to Maxi because, uh, gosh darn it, Kirk! Uh, I saw Rudy Gobert stick to Maxi Kleba in the corner in the fourth quarter, and Jalen Brunson get a, an easy layup, uh, and that's that's the series, right? The series swings on that. So, uh, do you want to talk about Maxi now? Because I mean, that doesn't happen without Maxi exploding like he did tonight.
1: Well, I don't even know if exploding does it justice because I'm pretty <laughs> sure about this stat because Mark Stein retweeted me, and I was counting in a hurry while watching the game. I'm pretty sure Maxi Kleba hit nine threes in the month of March nine in the entire month. He played 14 games and he was awful and really upsetting. Um, He did his. We
2: just double checked.
1: We watched Maxi Kleba right before all star break turn like borderline incandescent where it was like, oh yeah, we got this going. This is great to where in March um, Maxi wasn't playable on the offensive end. He, was concerned he would just hot potato the ball or really take really brutal shots um it seems his ankle has been giving him some problems for much of the year but tonight we saw like as close to a regression of the mean game <laughs> in one of the biggest situations i can ever imagine because i mean i bet if we were to look um i'm gonna look this up like maxi hit eight of 11 threes from the floor tonight I- i'm gonna look this up Real, i want to look something up real quick will, will you um Will you talk for a second? Yeah, I
2: mean, and I and you know, it's nothing like this is the part where I kind of feel stupid talking because you want to like try to sound smart and be like, oh, well, what did the Mavericks do to get you know to free free Maxi up? And oh, it's you're just, just standing there, just, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, Maybe the team didn't guard him and he just made shots. And do you know, you know how many
1: threes Maxi hit in the previous two postseasons combined? How many? Thirteen in 13 games he hit 13 threes
2: and he's got 10 and two right now Mm -hmm.
1: he's 10 for 16
2: from the floor from three (laughs) that's crazy Mm -hmm. oh man i mean and that's i mean that's the series and it's it feels silly to reduce it to that but i mean that's it i mean how we've been begging for someone on this bench to pop off because they just can't i mean they just couldn't do what they've been what they did in game one and expect things to change like if they just had another game where the bench scored you know 10 or 12 points they weren't going to win this game tonight so uh they just needed someone to make shots and maxi did it and i mean the frequency like it was i i think when you look at it from a box score perspective you see eight of eleven from three and you're like wow i just think that does not sell what it looked like live and just the avalanche of threes that he made in a row within sh- short succession of each other. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, yeah. the, the building was crazy. I mean, it was just, it felt like, like the floodgates were open or they, they changed someone, you know, the basketball gods changed the two K sliders and and, and and favored them for Maxi and turned down the difficulty or whatever. Like it was, well, it was
1: unbelievable. What, what those threes do just for tonight Let's say Maxi comes out game three and hits one of, hits one of three. Maxi being on the floor, whoever's guarding him, unless they're lunatics, is going to be a step closer. Right. And that step closer changes the math for everything. Because up until now, uh, Rudy Gobert has been able to live within six feet of the basket. And re- reasonably so. I understand why. Right, he should but be that, Like that. that's, you know, when people Use the misnomer that Rudy Gets played off the floor, he doesn't But this is what, they, they Ask him to play drop, so he Plays drop, and this is what Happens when you play drop, like we've been On the shit end of this as Mavs fans, where it's Like, <laughs> why are we playing drop coverage against Dame, what is happening And it's, it's really incredible <sighs> I just, I don't remember being on the other side Of one of
2: these <laughs> I know, <laughs> and, I do, and I feel a little stupid because one of the things that I wanted the Mavericks to do before this game was take maybe some more pull-up twos to take advantage of the Gobert and drop, and knowing that Dinwiddie and Brunson just for whatever reason aren't like big three-point guys. And of course, instead of Brunson taking pull-up twos, he took, I <laughs> felt like eight or eight or nine pull-up threes and made six of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was awesome. And you, the Mavericks took six mid-range shots all game. Mm -hmm. um they took six mid-range shots and they only took 13 at the rim i I mean it it was the distribution um so let's see they had 33 above the break threes that was 40 percent of their of their shots tonight were above the break threes i don't have the numbers in front of me in terms of what teams normally average but that has to be like one of the craziest uh tilts like the mavericks were just bombing away and when you have i mean when you have a team like the jazz that's how you bust them because they're basically playing the odds that you're not going to do that um and man i mean not to i mean this is a mavericks podcast but the jazz just do not like their defense past gobert is just it's not fair ooh, to go no it's not it's fair bad. to go it's so where bad. he
1: they're really terrible where <laughs> and and tony jones athletic writer um Tweeted. I'm looking for this where he said it was like in the in the middle of the game. He said Dallas take. Uh, he 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 said Dallas has imposed its will on the game. The small ball lineup has been unstoppable, and the Jazz can't score against it to make the Mavericks pay on the other end. Jazz go down 96-93 with 5:39 remaining. I mean that that really was the case. Where it's just enough space, and it like the it, it's. I'm trying to just. Dis- it's kind of like an ice pick going into a block of ice where it's just chip 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 chip, and then all of a sudden it broke. And I I suspect you know if the Mavs have to play another game without Luca, which is something we we kind of have to talk about. I suspect the Jazz like Jazz are just going to win most of these games against the Lucas team. But if Luca feels even kind of okay know, enough to come they? back, I don't know. I just well, I mean, it's like the you jazz said, they weird. But Brunson and Maxi scoring sixty six of the one hundred and ten <laughs> yeah. points, like like that's what I'm talking about. Like, are you getting that again? I don't know. Like, you know, like, I don't like think part so. of part of me wonders what in the like like Spencer Dinwiddie has to find his ass like he was he was atrocious if the yeah. Mavericks would have lost this game I would have hung this around Spencer's back you, you were he was, I was yeah. so mad at him you were sharpening he was, the knives he was pressing and he was making all like from the from the opening tip he was pressing like you dribble he dribbled off his foot He he had two this is an amazing stat he he had all three of the Mavericks turnovers no other Maverick had turnovers <laughs> Holy sh! I didn't even notice that. Like Jalen Brunson had no turnovers, forty-one eight and five with no turnovers. But it's so it's just like if I, I suppose I hear what you're saying, where it's just like if if you're if if you get to the point to where they have to play another game without Luca, they could find some other ways to win. I will just say that like this was I'm enjoying this to no end, but this was like the outlier outliers game of. Where I think Brunson can probably score at will. I don't see Maxi hitting 8
2: 3. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you got, then you, you, but then on the flip side, you hope, okay, does Finney Smith go 3 of 11 in another game? Um, does Bullock, I mean, Bullock only had seven shots, um, which was kind of a low. Well, nod. that's he kind of good. That, Like they got to find some
1: more shots for him. They have yeah. to draw some stuff up.
2: Yeah, I think so. And they did. And when they did, he made them. I think he mm-hmm. had a three and a two coming off a screen on after timeout plays. So uh, I mean, he's their only guy that feels like is a more like, I mean, it's not even really his game, but like off screen movement shooter. Like he feels yep. like the only guy on the roster that can, can do that and play. I mean, Bertans can, but you can't really play Bertans, but yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, this was a wild game because this was setting up to be one of maybe the most frustrating losses of all time uh because you just look at what was going on with trey burke and josh green and dinwiddie uh and Powell to a certain degree even though i still think he was somewhat productive in, in his 16 minutes but i'm just so glad they won uh because i feel like the like for as great as this win was it could have been just as equally a disastrous loss so uh I don't know, man. Our job is to come in here and, and talk about like adjustments and stuff, and I'm just kind of grinning and just looking at this box score and thinking about what we just watched, and it's it's just nuts. I'm just so dumbfounded to how crazy this game was. <sighs> I mean, <sighs> and it was it's it's just you know,
1: I always want to go to games. Like I'm in like I've been added to all these various like Twitter group chats of like fans, and, like all oh, these guys go to games live, and I'm always so jealous. But it's like. I want to be at home watching on my TV because that's where I, I like watching games by myself. But then when it's a game like this, you just want to turn to somebody and be like, holy shit, man. <laughs> and like, it's just, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing reminder of why we watch sports.
2: Yep. And if, I guess if we want to talk about something technical uh, adjustment wise, fast break sure. points, the Mavericks outscored the jazz 16 to three. I don't have the transition data in front of me. Um, but it certainly felt like they played a little bit more up tempo compared to to game one. What do you think?
1: I think that's what they they that's where they're gonna win because if the Jazz are gonna continue to out rebound them, which it was a the Mavericks had thirty one rebounds, the Jazz had fifty. Um, <laughs> so if you are gonna continue to get like walloped on the boards, you gotta find some ways to win. And they really do roast them in transition. It's it's that I, there was a one break in the game where you heard Quinn Snyder say, like, we either have to crash hard or get back. And they couldn't get back often enough. And that was that was pretty important for, for this game. I, I do think we kind of got to talk about, like, some elements of things that if Luca doesn't come back that are a little bit concerning to me. Um, not to, like, rain on anybody's parade. But again, Dinwiddie has to figure out a way to to be better he i mean he played 40 minutes tonight and like i've been talking about this with people like matthew phillips pointed this out in the fourth quarter last game spencer did does not play this many minutes so he's like he's getting gassed and that much is obvious and so i'm trying to take all this with a grain of of salt to understand that like this is a very new role for him because the guy plays like you know, he's like a 20, He he's probably like a 28 minute per like 28 to 32 minute a night guy max. And he's pl- having to play more.
2: Yeah. Um, and in the month of April, he only averaged 20 minutes a game. So uh, it's the Mavericks it's, were winning every game by like 20 when he played. So if he's, you know,
1: if, if we're still without Luca and he has to play again, he has to find a way to be more efficient. I mean, six of 18 is not going to cut it. And some of his like really like driving and forcing some awful stuff. Um, and He really just, needs to stop and and
2: take that yes. little fifteen. The, the, the he was
1: killer from the mid range. Take the Brunson shot. Yeah, and
2: he, and I don't and I respect him for wanting to like get to the rim because he's yes. the only guy that can really do it. But this is the one team with the Jazz where it's like it's it's okay to to stop and let your defender fly by, or if you beat your defender, it's okay to take that open twelve to eighteen footer against <laughs> this team. Maybe well, not, and, you know, if they advance, maybe you don't want to do that against whoever they play in the next round, but against this specific team, that is an okay shot for him and in, in, in the scenario they're facing.
1: And the second thing is, and this is really more concerning than the offense, he cannot get crushed like he is getting on defense. He's the weak link in the defense. Now, you know, yeah. granted, some people, are, oh, he had some steals, like off ball defense is one thing, but like he's getting bullied by guys and then he's getting out rebounded. The same thing happened repeatedly tonight that happened in game one, where he lets a guy come in for a tip tips it up to go bear and it's like put a body on someone like the mavericks were doing a really nice job of like fouling on the floor to prevent second chance buckets but I mean, again, we're nitpicking at this point. because This was just an incredible win. But like, that's what, you know, The if the Mavericks have to do this again, you they need to find areas for improvement. And, you know, they got like 13 kind of pointless minutes with Bertons again. It's not his fault. This is not the yeah. series for him. The Jazz just target him. Um, the Mavericks tried to run Trey Burke out. He hit one three and then ran around the floor for four more minutes doing nothing. And then the most painful one. And I just we got it. We just got to talk about this. Like Josh Green is...
2: He can't play, but he has to play. Like yes, he's
1: playing because there's no one else left to play, unless <laughs> yeah. like like unless like Sterling Brown like Sterling Brown just must be like toast, like and that's okay. But that's sort of a shortcoming of this team because Green is like Green is awful, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not going to hear anybody tell me otherwise. Like he's one of nine in the playoffs. He yeah. has one like he's not doing anything, and so mm-hmm. uh, his defense is even kind of pointless. So like, he's got to find a way to make an impact. He's got to find a way. And I know it's not fair in these short bursts, but he went in in the second half for like 30 seconds, took a terrible shot and they yanked him.
2: Yep. And, and they should have yanked him. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go
1: ahead. I mean the the Jazz don't respect him.
2: <laughs> no, It's really bad. Uh and it what he looks he looks so panicky when he gets catches the ball like he just it's just like you know, he dr- He was dribbling way too much tonight, which is like they dared him to. They're
1: basically like, here, you know, do you want to come take a 12 footer? Yeah,
2: Yeah, he he just has to move it along. The only hope. And like you said, you know, if he doesn't play those six minutes, then Bullock and Finney Smith are playing 47, 48. I mean, are they ever coming out of the game if he doesn't? even play six minutes yeah so it's just one of those things they just kind of have to grin and bear it and try to win those minutes or hope frank Nelkina stops having diarrhea or whatever he has going on uh and i you, think and you throw his him consoles out. removed oh he did no well, i feel yeah totally like we're talking jerk. about
1: the slack for the series like i oh. think somebody said that it's like extraordinarily painful for an adult i'm not sure if that's true they put out something about it in in okay. the well, well, you feel, know, look like every time where? I
2: see non-COVID illness, I just think doo doo. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I bud. feel terrible now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> nah, he, he's like the fifteenth player. It's I not know. his fault. But, but if just, was, this is
2: yeah, if he was healthy, you'd throw him out there for. I mean, after what they're getting from Burke and Green, why not? Yeah. So, but until then, I don't know how. I don't know how they. T- Do they just? You did have to play him his, his six to, to ten minutes and just hope that they don't get outscored by twelve points in those six to eight minutes and then put Brunson back in and, and, and get back into the game. That's kind of the the strategy for these in these two games so far with him.
1: Well, I don't really know what else to say. I'm just like I'm I'm jazzed. I, I you're, I you're a, jazzed? Yeah. Jazzed. Beating I, the jazz. <laughs> I, I had a great time. I like just so many, like like the full gambit of emotions. I tweeted after like five minutes. I said the one thing about playoff basketball is that it's really hard to tell the difference between enjoying playoff basketball and then suffering a heart attack. Because it's just like, oh my God. But I, I mean, this was an excellent counterpunch. Splitting without Luka Doncic is something else. Now it becomes a best of five.
2: And it's a a chance. I mean, if they lost this game, the series was over. Um, Mm -hmm. Because as much as I had confidence in this team before the series, even without Luca, like, I I know, I personally think that this Jazz team is just very fraudulent. But man, playoff home crowd, Salt Lake City will make up for a lot of their deficiencies. And Mavs fans that were not around uh, in 2001 watching this team, uh, are going to get a, a crash course in what it's like to be in a hostile road environment. Um, because man, uh, Jazz are going to be great. Yeah, the, I mean that's that, why we like
1: that more than anything else is why I very much want Luka Doncic to play because he will he loves, eat yeah. that up. He loves that. This uh, is a guy who need, like like European crowds. The Jazz are probably the closest thing to a European
2: crowd. Right. They're everything but the the flare guns, basically. Um, <laughs> can i i'm looking at this man do you want to see something crazy all right uh so this game every single jazz starter was a a, a minus every single jazz bench player was a plus for the mavericks every single map starter was a plus every single bench player was a minus or kleba was a zero uh, yeah. that's so funny this game this is a weird what a crazy game and then one more thing i want to mention because i feel like we're probably getting close to wrapping up i think i'm i'm trying to write like i did this last year i'm trying to write like one substantial thing after every game um i think the mavericks really need to be commended. uh we're looking at them scoring the jazz which were the number one offense in the nba in the regular season 99 points in game one 104 uh here in game two Uh, I think the Mavericks had a really good defensive game plan coming into this series and I'm wildly impressed at how they've executed it. Um, the jazz only shot 22, three pointers in game one. It was about half their three point rate on the regular season. They led the league in three point rate. Um, and it was about Mavericks cut that in half in game one and tonight, you know, 29, a little bit more, but they shoot about 40, 42 threes a game. Uh, and so running them off the line is yes. really impressive yes the jazz took 28 shots in the uh paint non-restricted area now uh-huh. they went seven they went 17 of 28 which is almost 20 percentage points over league average they saw 60 percent but you're not going to lose to this jazz team if guys are just making 10 footers you know Like the way this Jazz team gets in a roll and beats teams is when they pick you apart with you know precision passing and Mitchell and Conley in the pick and roll with Gobert and spreading teams out, kind of like what the Mavs do in in a lot of ways with Luca. If if you're if the Jazz are shooting, I don't care how many shots they're making. If the most if the area of the floor they're shooting the most is the paint non restricted, you're gonna you're gonna beat this team more often than not. So kudos to the Mavericks defensive game plan. I think it's been sound and they've almost pitched two perfect games defensively in a row, uh, which is outstanding considering, you know, where they kind of limped into the postseason on the defensive end. I just want to make that point before we get out of here. Love it. I love
1: it. We're going to have, and now we get two days to hang out because the next game is Thursday night at eight o'clock local time, which means we have Tuesday night, Wednesday night to kind of stew to To have, uh, you know, the the crisis in Afghanistan to to <laughs> figure out what's going on there. Luca was jumpy. Luca is pissed. He's not playing. I know. Okay. There were there were pregame videos of his workout. There's videos of him shooting around. There's people like he was like telling people in the crowd that he's fine. Like
2: it's it's this is they're gonna be hard pressed to keep him <laughs> off the floor. I mean, like he's seen what Brunson and Maxi are doing. He's like, good lord, where was that the last two years? Yeah, So he's probably, yeah. he wants he wants a piece of the action, man. I mean, dude has been one of the, dude has probably the two best playoff series someone can ever have uh, in their first two years in their career. And he doesn't have much to show for it. And now when the team finally seems a little bit up to snuff, uh, he can't play. That's gotta be driving him bananas. But we'll see what, you know, two days off now. So if, if he's gonna come back, right? Like it, it, even if he doesn't play game three, don't you feel like, this is where we have to see some progress with the two days off uh like if if he's still not close to suiting up in game three that's probably where i'm getting a little worried like he at least has to like maybe make it more of a game time decision than it's been the last two games right yes if we if we want him if we want to feel confident about him playing so that's what i'll be looking at i guess these next two days I'm gonna be watching t v the next two days.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna be watching playoff basketball. This is it, okay, guys. uh, come to our site. we're gonna cover this as as thoroughly as possible. Um, we had a ton of stuff after a loss, so I can't even imagine what we're gonna have after a win. So visit Mav's Moneyball, be looking for the spotify green room or uh it's now called Spotify Live uh tomorrow at about lunchtime but as always you can download that and join us live if you want to after the game which i'm gonna hop on right now josh thanks so much this has been kirk henderson and josh bow if you're new to our podcast please subscribe we appreciate all that and we will talk to you guys a little later this week